Hi, everybody. Happy Thursday. We finally have a Powerball winner. Somebody is waking up an instant billionaire. Good morning. It's July the 20th, and this is today. Breaking overnight, jackpot, a single winner in that massive lottery drawing where that lucky ticket was sold and the other huge prizes still up for grabs. State of emergency, catastrophic flooding in Kentucky with even more rain on the way. In other parts of the South, devastating tornadoes. Oh my God. While from California to Florida, another day of scorching heat. Al's got the forecast, including the areas that could finally see some relief. Why did he run? New details on the American soldier detained in North Korea after intentionally crossing the border. U.S. and South Korean soldiers sort of realized what was happening, chased after him. Just ahead, the woman who saw it all unfold as that soldier's family breaks its silence. Deepening mystery, police casting doubt on the story behind an Alabama woman's bizarre disappearance. There are many questions left to be answered, but only Carly can provide those answers. This morning, what Carly Russell's own internet searches from before she vanished are revealing. All that plus sharing the wealth. Netflix winning big after that risky gamble to crack down on password sharing. How its success attracting new users could impact your other streaming accounts. And kicking it, the Women's World Cup getting underway overnight. All eyes on Team USA trying to become the first to ever win three straight. We are live in New Zealand with the stars of the show. Good morning, today's show. Hi, Hoda. Hi, Savannah. Today, Thursday, July 20th, 2023. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Oda Cuppy, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Well, good morning. Welcome to today. Thank you for joining us on a Thursday morning. A good morning from Alex Morgan. That was kind of cool. She took time out. I mean, the U.S. team getting ready to play. World Cup has started already down under. Mm -hmm. We will have much more on that in just a little bit. Also this morning, once again, got to keep an eye on this extreme weather coast to coast. Stop me if you've heard that one before, (laughs) but out west and across the south. We've got triple-digit temperatures again. Really, it's just becoming the new norm. Yeah, meantime, heavy rains caused major flooding in parts of Kentucky, leading to rescues, also a state of emergency there. That same system spawning damaging tornadoes in North Carolina. We've got full coverage on all of it in just a bit. Can we start with a little bit of good news, though, at least for somebody? (laughs) That billion-dollar Powerball jackpot has finally been won. All right, check it out. This is the place. This is the store. It's downtown Los Angeles, that's where that ticket was sold. NBC's Miguel Almaguer is in L.A. with the latest on America's newest billionaire. Hey, Miguel, what do you know? Hey, guys, good morning, and it's an especially good morning for someone who bought that winning ticket here in Los Angeles. Now, it's only been a few hours since those winning numbers were called, so we don't yet know who won, but we do know the location, and we know lives are about to be changed in a big way. This morning, one American is waking up a billionaire after weeks of Powerball pandemonium. It's already going. I'm dreaming. (laughs) The jackpot rising to over a billion dollars. Overnight, a winning ticket finally drawn. The lucky location, this convenience store in downtown Los Angeles, cementing someone's status as the winner of the third largest jackpot in Powerball history and the sixth largest U.S. lottery jackpot ever, $1.08 billion, or a lump sum payment of $558 million cash. 
As jackpots have been swelling for both Powerball and Mega Millions this month, it's the first time both jackpots topped $500 million each simultaneously in more than two years. Americans flocking to buy tickets and building dreams. I'd like to stop working. That's the thing. <laughs> That's a lot of money. Sometimes more money, more problems, too. You got to think about that. And after nobody won the Mega Millions Prize Tuesday, that jackpot now stands at an estimated $720 million for the next drawing on Friday night, keeping hopes and dreams alive. Powerball winners here in California cannot remain anonymous, so the winner, whether they like it or not, will become public. It may be time to change a phone number soon, and we should also add the store that sold that winning ticket gets a million-dollar payout as well. Hoda. All right, Miguel Almaguer for us there in California. Miguel, thank you. Pretty exciting. Mm -hmm. Also this morning, unfortunately, no relief from this summer of extreme weather coast to coast, parts of the south now cleaning up from devastating flooding and tornadoes once again. And the entire southern U.S. is still baking in that record-shattering heat. We'll get to Al in just a moment, but let's start with NBC's Maggie Vespa. She's in flood-ravaged Mayfield, Kentucky this morning. More rain could be on the way this morning, Maggie. Yeah, Savannah, exactly. We will begin with a bit of a hopeful sight here in Mayfield. The water has started to recede, as you can see. But you point out that break is not expected to last long, with another round of severe showers and storms as we speak headed to this still-soaked community as that brutal one-two punch of heat and rain takes aim at millions nationwide. This morning, Kentucky is bracing for another round of flooding after blinding rain completely drenched parts of the state on Wednesday. That deluge washing out roads, stranding cars, and leaving entire neighborhoods in Mayfield underwater. It's the last thing this city needed after a twister swept through here two years ago, killing more than 50 people. When you see your town get destroyed by a tornado and then you're starting to rebuild and it just gets washed away. According to initial reports, more than 11 inches of rain soaked the area Wednesday, potentially setting a 24-hour rain record for the state. Oh my God! That same storm system wreaking havoc in North Carolina, a tornado with winds up to 150 miles per hour, devastated this Pfizer factory 60 miles east of Raleigh, destroying thousands of pallets filled with medicine. It comes as that unwavering heat streak is baking millions from California to Florida. Phoenix is set to mark three straight weeks of temps at 110 degrees or higher. Experts warn playground surfaces can reach a sizzling 170 degrees. It's very hot. It's miserable. Dallas is expected to roast at over 100 degrees. Crews there installing free AC units in sweltering homes. Oh, it's going to be wonderful. Providing the elderly with potentially life-saving relief from the heat. And so back here at Mayfield, Kentucky, you know, we mentioned that deadly 2021 tornado, sort of an eerie reminder that this city is still rebuilding. We've seen some reports that traffic lights damaged in that storm still don't work two years later. And now some people here are starting the recovery process all over again. Savannah. All right, Maggie, thank you. All right, so much going on. We got the storms, we got the heat, of course. Mr. Roker keeping his eye on all of it. What do you see, Al? Hey, good morning, guys, and good morning to you. And we've got flood watches and flood warnings stretching from New England all the way to the Rockies. And as you put the, we put the radar on top of it, you can see in central Kansas there where we have those flood warnings, strong storms firing up. And also we've got the heavy flood watches for parts of Kentucky and Tennessee as well. 57 million people at risk for strong storms today. Wind gusts 
gusts of 75 miles per hour, damaging hail and tornadoes. The Rockies and the Plains still in that. And then you get to Detroit, Buffalo, Nashville. Uh, that Mayfield is in part of this area. Charleston and Atlanta. We're going to be watching this heavy rain out to the Rockies and also into the Central Plains. But unfortunately, more heavy rain where they do not need it. From Mayfield to Chattanooga, Knoxville, anywhere from one to four inches of rain. One to two inch rainfall rates possible here in the Northeast as well. More flooding possible for New England. So we're going to be watching that. The heat of advisories and alerts, the numbers just keep growing. 85 million people from much of Florida on into the Southwest. Temperatures today, more records from Miami, Gainesville, Greenwood, Laredo, on into Midland with triple digit temperatures. And you can see going into the weekend, no real relief in sight, maybe a little bit for Atlanta, but otherwise staying hot. And in the Southwest, again, more records from Albuquerque to Winslow, Yuma, Tucson, and into the weekend, no relief, triple digits for Phoenix, Palm Springs, Las Vegas, Salt Lake City. And take a look into next week. Warmer than average temperatures, especially out west, but much of the country above normal temperatures. So there really isn't much of a break. All right, Al, we'll check back. Thank you. We're now hearing from the family of that U.S. soldier who intentionally ran across the North Korean border and is now being detained. The first known American held there in nearly five years. NBC's Matt Bradley is in South Korea near that border this morning. Matt, good morning. Hey, good morning, Savannah. So I'm at Unification Bridge, which isn't so far away from the North Korean border. And as you can see, it's really heavily fortified. So I'm only about three miles away from where Private Travis King shocked the world by bolting across the border. Now, he was supposed to have been accompanied to the airport where he was going to be returning home, but he managed to escape. So now, two days later, there's still a lot of unanswered questions. The family of the U.S. soldier in North Korean captivity speaking out. I'm praying for him, and I hope that everybody else will pray for him, too. Private Travis King baffled American officials and set off an international uproar when he bolted to North Korea on Tuesday. Tensions between America and North Korea already ramping up, with the North recently testing two intercontinental ballistic missiles. The U.S. is delicately approaching the isolated nation, reaching out to the North Korean army and through other countries, including South Korea and Sweden. We retain a number of channels through which we can send messages to the DPRK. But back home in Racine, Wisconsin, King's family waiting with worry. I think that he got a problem. He needs some help. Sarah Leslie from New Zealand was on the same tour of the DMZ as King when he suddenly bolted across the border. And my first thought was, what an absolute idiot. Leslie identifying King in this picture she said she took minutes before. While serving in South Korea, King had run-ins with the law. Just before he fled to North Korea, King spent nearly two months in a South Korean prison for not paying a fine for damaging a police car, according to a South Korean government official. In 2016, Otto Warmbier, an American student, was detained in North Korea for more than a year. He was released to the U.S. in a vegetative state and died shortly after. Otto's father, Fred, said Private King deserves America's full support to get him home. He willingly ran across the border. That makes him quite a bit different from your son. Absolutely. But now that he's there, the facts are exactly the same. They're going to hold him hostage and they're going to use him as a political prisoner. 
And, you know, Savannah, the big missing piece here is North Korea itself. We still haven't heard from them. They haven't even acknowledged that they have Private King in custody. And it's really only after we hear from Pyongyang that we're going to really get a better sense of this young man's fate. Savannah? It's so worrisome. Matt Bradley in South Korea for us along the border there. Thank you. Let's turn now to Washington, where there is new fallout from congressional testimony by two IRS investigators. They say their superiors and Justice Department officials suppressed a probe into the finances of President Biden's son, Hunter. NBC's Capitol Hill correspondent Ryan Nobles has the very latest. Hey, Ryan, good morning. Hoda, good morning to you. And the witnesses in this hearing are both career public servants, one who said he's a lifelong Democrat. They both claim the Department of Justice gave Hunter Biden special treatment. But Democrats argue that's not their assessment to make. For more than six hours, two IRS investigators who say they have no political motivations claim their superiors and federal prosecutors stood in the way of an investigation into the president's son, Hunter Biden. At every stage, decisions were made that benefited the subject of this investigation. Joseph Ziegler, who is coming forward publicly for the first time, and Gary Shapley testified under oath that the evidence they uncovered connected to the president's son was damning and worthy of federal charges. It appeared to me, based on what I experienced, that the U.S. attorney in Delaware in our investigation was constantly hamstrung, limited, and marginalized by DOJ officials as well as other U.S. attorneys. With Republicans seizing on the allegations. You know whose story hasn't changed? These two guys. Democrats on the panel did not question the credibility of the witnesses' claims. I think that they're honest witnesses, they're public servants. I don't question their integrity. But argued they are investigators and prosecutors are the ones who get to make the call on indictments. Well, that's standard. Investigators and prosecutors disagree all the time, right? I mean, and so the prosecutors are the ones that make the decision. Shapley and Ziegler testified that U.S. Attorney David Weiss, a Trump appointee, told them he did not have ultimate authority in the case. A claim Weiss has rejected in two different letters to Congress. And Attorney General Merrick Garland backed up. I'm saying he was given complete authority to make all decisions on his own. President Biden has repeatedly denied any connection to his son's business dealings and specifically has rejected that he was with his son when Hunter sent a WhatsApp message to a business associate, a message the whistleblowers shared as evidence. Were you involved? No. Now, among the claims by the IRS whistleblowers is that there was enough evidence to charge Hunter Biden with multiple felonies. Prosecutors felt differently and have cut a plea deal with the president's son on misdemeanor charges, which he will answer in court next week. Hunter Biden's lawyer has called the WhatsApp message cited by the whistleblowers fake and says that the agents are engaged in an orchestrated political attack on the Bidens. Hoda. All right. Ryan Nobles for us there at the Capitol. Ryan, thank you. Also this morning, there are significant developments to tell you about in that mysterious disappearance in Alabama. Police are now saying they cannot verify much of Carly Russell's version of events. NBC Sam Brock joins us from Hoover, Alabama. Sam, good morning. Savannah, good morning. Police have not come out outright and said there was no abduction. There was no toddler on the side of the highway. But they did, Savannah, build the case as to why both of these events seem to be extremely improbable while assuring the public there's no risk to their safety. At the same time, police also saying they are revealing Internet searches on Russell's phone before she vanished that are a key part of their investigation. New evidence and a clearer timeline are raising more questions this morning in the case of Carly Russell. 
The 25-year-old nursing student whose disappearance for just over 48 hours led to a massive search effort now prompting this conclusion from Hoover's police chief. We've been unable to verify most of Carly's initial statement. Where do you think she went and how would you characterize what happened here? That's the $100 question. Investigators playing Russell's 911 call about a missing toddler right before her disappearance. Hi, I am on Interstate 459 and there is a kid just walking by themselves. She described a child who didn't appear to have pants or shoes on and told police she tried to get out of her vehicle to help the toddler. Except the chief says, according to cell phone data, she drove 600 yards while talking to the 911 operator. She was traveling six football fields, which tells you what? To think that a toddler, barefoot, that could be three or four years old, is going to travel six football fields without getting in the roadway. It's just very hard for me to understand. For the first time, police also revealing Russell told them she was abducted by a man with orange hair who was later joined by a woman and that the couple brought her to a home, forced her to undress and took nude photos of her. Authorities highlighting a number of Internet searches that Russell made in the days before her disappearance, including whether you have to pay for an Amber Alert, how to take money from a register without being caught, a one way bus ticket from Birmingham to Nashville and the 2008 film Taken someone gets kidnapped that uh, several seven hours or eight hours before that that they're uh, searching the internet googling uh, the movie taken about an abduction I, I find that very uh, very strange yes investigators also believe russell stole a bathrobe and toilet paper from her job Stuart rome owns the woodhouse spa birmingham you did not see any signs that this was someone who could be troubled no not at all she always came on time she um was pleasant rome says he's cooperating with police the number one concern is that Carly's home, say, with her family. And police tell us they have not been able to speak with Carly Russell since that initial statement. They are planning on doing so, however. Police also saying there were other Internet searches that would provide some insight into what her mindset might have been, but they are not disclosing them right now because of privacy concerns. We did reach out to Carly's family. They said they have no comment at this time. Savannah. All right, Sam Brock in Alabama for us. Thank you, Sam. All right, 718. Let's turn back to Mr. Roker, get a check of the national forecast. All right, guys, let's start out west where we've got plenty of sunshine, but also a lot of intense heat right along the California coastline. Not so bad, but you get inland. It is toasty. Heavy rain back through the Rockies. Record highs continue from Texas on through the Gulf. Severe storms firing up mid-Mississippi and Ohio River valleys. Hot, hazy, and humid here in the Northeast. And that's your latest weather, guys. All right, Al. Uh, thank you. Coming up, the excitement of the world's uh, the World Cup kicking off overnight, where Team USA is hoping to make it a three-peat, three in a row. We're going to take you live to New Zealand, and we're going to talk to legendary former goalie of the U.S. national team, Ashlyn Harris, who is right here in studio with us. Good morning, Ashlyn. Plus, guys, that password-sharing crackdown, it's paying off for Netflix. We'll take a closer look at its surge in subscribers. And guess what? It might be impacted by that historic strike in Hollywood. Oh. We shall see. But mm-hmm. first, this is today on NBC. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, 7.30. We're counting down to our next big concert on the plaza. Dan and Shay, they just announced their next album tomorrow. They will be here to put on a great show for their many, many mm. fans. Looking forward to that. Yeah, we love that. They're they're great. They're great on our plaza. They're a lot oh, of fun. They're all right? fun. So, yeah, yeah, they're love awesome. Love to have them mm-hmm. here. Guys, it's a big day for yep. soccer fans. Get ready. The Women's World Cup kicking off overnight. Team USA in action tomorrow night to begin the quest for a historic Three-piece. And we're going to talk about all of that with Ashlyn Harris, who is part of the last two World Cup winning squad. She's actually here with us in studio. But first, NBC's Molly Hunter has joined the soccer frenzy. She's in New Zealand. Hey, Molly. Hey, guys. Good morning. The city of Auckland is excited. Their team beating Norway 1-0 tonight. The first win ever for a New Zealand team in the World Cup. Now, of course, all eyes on the world number one, the U.S. team. And, guys, we sat down with co-captain Alex Morgan. She says hi to you both, by the way. Take a look. It's the biggest women's sporting event in the world. And today, New Zealand's beauty and culture on full display welcoming 32 nations to both New Zealand and Australia for the women's 2023 FIFA World Cup. But here in Auckland, the fanfare interrupted this morning by a rare and deadly shooting incident, locking down parts of the city and closing the fan zone on opening day. But the first match is kicking off as planned, New Zealand beating Norway here at home at Eden Park in Auckland. Along with Sydney, Australia, Auckland, New Zealand is the other main host city. It's also the home for the U.S. women's national team over the next couple weeks as they fight through the group round to defend their title. The Americans are looking for a record-setting three-peat led by co-captain Alex Morgan. We do set expectations for ourselves. We do want to find ourselves at the end. We do Mm -hmm. want to be hoisting the trophy at the end. To get there is a long way. The 23-person roster, which of course includes veteran Megan Rapino, who announced her retirement following the tournament, but also 14 players who have never been to a World Cup, including star forward Sophia Smith. We are obviously honoring what this team has done in the past, while at the same time recognizing this is a new team. This is the first World Cup that this team will win. And cheering them on here is second gentleman Doug Emhoff. Morgan and her co-captain Lindsay Horan presenting Emhoff with a jersey of his own. And despite all the pressure, Morgan says they're laser focused on their first game. All of our attention is on Vietnam right now and how we can work together as a team to um, to succeed in that. Now, Alex was just awesome, but we did get to spend time with a couple of players and everyone was talking about this generational divide. Of course, so many newcomers, they call it 18 to Pino, of course, Megan Rapino, the oldest player on the team. So excited. I also asked them who gets to choose the music in the locker room on the bus. It is definitely a Megan call. Guys, I'll send it back to you. <laughs> All right, Molly. Thank you. Seniority has its benefits. Exactly. Joining us now is Ashlyn Harris, the legendary goalkeeper mm-hmm. who helped the U.S. win those last two World Cups, and she now serves as Gotham FC's global creative advisor. Hi, Ashley. Hey, Ashley. Hi. So good to see you well, both. You've been there. You mm-hmm. know what it's like in these opening days. You're mm-hmm. waiting for your first match. Take us into how Team USA might be feeling right now. I think there's such a big buildup to the World Cup. Mm-hmm. So the nerves are running. I know the players at this point are just like, I just want to get on just the get field. The whistle, it just, I want to start. Yeah. Um, so I know there's a lot of pressure and nerves. This is a pretty young, youthful team with, you know, not as much experience, yeah. but you've got your old guns in there. Uh, you know, Megan Rapino just announced. You know, this will be her last big tournament. So there's a lot riding on this 
this World Cup. Well, you talk about pressure. Not only are they there on this big stage, but everyone keeps saying, is it going to be a three-peat, a three-peat, a three-peat? That's all you hear. What advice would you give them or what advice did you ever give yourself? Like, I got to get that part out of my head so we can just play. Yeah, I I think there's always so much pressure in general representing the U.S. We're the best, the best team in the world. Mm-hmm. Like we have a dynasty of mm-hmm. winning and a culture mm-hmm. of winning. So there's a giant target yeah. on their back. <laughs> yeah. And I, I know what that feels like, but they're in their bubble right yeah. now. They're in, they're locked. They know the importance of game by game, day by day, not anticipating what's later in the tournament. Um, they'll be focused. They'll be ready. And I know this group will deliver. Mm. How do you like our chances? I yeah. mean, they are, I think, expected, the, the top ranks should be expected mm-hmm. to win. But, I mean, there are other really good teams mm-hmm. that they're going to face. This is probably going to be one of the best tournaments in terms of competition. The parity is insane nowadays because of the investment in women's sports. Mm-hmm. In all countries, there are women's leagues everywhere. It's only building momentum for women in sports. And women's soccer right now is the moment. We're just crushing globally attendance records, and it's not going to stop. I'm telling you, this World Cup is going to deliver. I love how sparkly she is. Oh, I you love are, it. You are on fire. Have you had a chance to talk to Megan or any of the players? Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, they're... Right now, they're just zoned in. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that right now, there's so yeah. many distractions. So much is on, on the line for a lot of these players. I think for Megan Rapino, it's just enjoying her last yeah. moment, like really taking in all of it and sitting back and being like, I've accomplished greatness mm-hmm. on every level. And now this younger generation is going to merge and take it, you know, mm-hmm. by a storm and they're going to run with it. They're so ready. You keep mm-hmm. hearing this rookie, rookie, rookie. They're ready. They are so ready. Okay. They've yeah. been, I feel so confident sitting with you. They've been building yeah. for this yeah. their whole life. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to see. And I, how about Friday night, the first match? That's so fun. Let's That's going to be cool. And by the way, your life is pretty cool, too. You've got two kids under two. You're running around doing all kinds of great things. So there are many great chapters that come after Absolutely. soccer as well. Well, congrats on everything, Ashley. Thank you so Thanks. much. You're going to come back for our third hour. Hope mm-hmm. we see lots of you in these next mm-hmm. few weeks yep. as we find out how the World Cup unfolds. A reminder, Telemundo and Peacock are home of the Spanish language coverage of the World Cup. You can catch Team USA's opening match tomorrow night. Coverage starts at 8.30 Eastern. All right. Coming up, two bison attacks at national parks. One interrupting a very special moment for a couple at Yellowstone. What they are saying about their alarming encounter. But first, Netflix. Bet big on its password sharing crackdown and apparently it is paying off. Kaylee Hartung's with us. Hi, Kaylee. Yeah, hey guys. That's right. Experts say it's an unequivocal success for Netflix. With millions of new subscribers added, the profits are rolling in for the streaming giant just as actors and writers on strike are marching outside Netflix offices. Coming up, you will hear more about the growing frustration on the picket lines here, guys. We're back 741 this morning on In-Depth Today, the new earnings report from Netflix that definitely has the attention of Hollywood and Wall Street. Yeah, it comes at a time when streaming is at the heart of that historic strike by actors and screenwriters. NBC's Kaylee Hartung's in L.A. with more on all this. Hey, Kaylee, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. This new earnings report is the first since Netflix cracked down on password sharing, and it sure looks like their bet paid off. The company revealing it added nearly 6 million subscribers last quarter, further entrenching itself in the top spot among streaming services. 
This morning, Netflix is signing in to blockbuster-sized profits and growth. The streaming behemoth announcing its second quarter earnings to the tune of $8.2 billion in revenue and the addition of nearly 6 million subscribers. That's more than triple what they saw last quarter. The report, the first since Netflix cracked down on password sharing and months into the introduction of its cheaper ad-supported membership option, which the company says will only continue to bring in more users. There's no question that Netflix is the king of streaming right now. They're the only ones that have a profit. They're the only ones really accelerating real meaningful growth. The good news for the streaming giant met with frustration by protesters as SAG-AFTRA marks its first full week on strike. We all love Netflix. We all love to binge a good show, but we want to be resi- get our residuals. We want to get yeah. paid for it. Actors joining writers who have been on the picket lines for nearly three months. We're here to make a living. The battle is over wage increases, residuals in the streaming era, and the use of artificial intelligence. Sometimes I feel like we're treated like products rather than human beings. Famous faces on the front lines, including actress Mandy Moore, telling The Hollywood Reporter about the streaming residuals she's received for her hit show, This Is Us. I was talking to my business manager who said he has received a, a residual for a penny and two pennies. The two major strikes have effectively shut down productions around the world. The sets and writers' rooms of hit shows like Stranger Things, Yellow Jackets, and Hacks, as well as highly anticipated movies like Deadpool 3 and the latest installment of Mission Impossible, are all dark. And it could begin to impact consumers, as well as streamers and studios, in the coming months. Okay, and then, Kaylee, on top of all of that stuff, there were reports that maybe there might be some Broadway striking as well. Uh, What do you know about that? Yeah, that's right. A major union that represents stagehands, hair and makeup artists and other crew members has called for a strike authorization vote after unsuccessful contract negotiations with the Broadway League and Disney Theatrical Productions. This is according to The Hollywood Reporter. Members have to weigh in by tonight. And if approved, the strike would impact 1,500 workers across 45 productions. And Broadway shows could start to shut down as early as tomorrow morning, guys. All right. Kaylee Hartung for us. Kaylee, thanks. Thank you, Kaylee. Um, Al, are you here? Can we get the forecast? Yeah, I'm, st- I'm not going anywhere, okay? <laughs> so severe storms today through the Mississippi and Ohio River Valleys. The record highs continue down through the Gulf Coast into Texas with intense heat down through the southwest and heavy rain working its way into the eastern Rockies. And that's your latest weather, guys. All right, Al, thank you. Ahead on the boost, the happy surprise awaited this young woman once her anesthesia <laughs> wore off. Oh, yeah, oh, I, we all looks know that face. Guys, coming up on Popstar, we've got a lot of news involving some of the biggest names in music. Plus the Marine Bio. Biologist and star on TikTok, helping the world better understand sharks. She'll be here with those stories and draw jaw-dropping videos.